Anna Smith was a 14-year-old schoolgirl living in Lutterworth, Leicestershire. Bright and outgoing, she enjoyed an active social life and seemed to have an exciting future ahead of her. On the morning of the 2nd of August 2013, Hannah was found hanged in her bedroom. She'd committed suicide. Seeking to unravel what had happened, her family soon discovered that she'd been the target of anonymous abusive posts on a social network website. Hannah was a victim of the latest variant of the oldest story in human history, the use of words as weapons by those seeking to inflict pain. The new version is called cyberbullying. The Jewish phrase for this kind of behavior is Lashon Hara, Lashon Hara, evil speech, speech about people that's negative and derogatory. It means quite simply speaking badly about people and is a subset of the biblical prohibition of Lotelech Rachil against spreading gossip. Despite the fact that it isn't singled out in the Torah for a prohibition in its own right, the sages regarded it as one of the worst of all sins. They said that it's as bad as the three cardinal sins, idolatry, murder, and incest, combined. More significantly, in the context of Hannah Smith, they said it kills three people, the one who says it, the one he says it about, and the one who listens in. The connection with this speaks parsha is straightforward. Tazria and Matzara are about a condition called Sarat, sometimes translated as leprosy. The commentators were puzzled as to what this condition is and why it should be given such prominence in the Torah. They concluded that it was precisely because it was a punishment for Lashon Hara, derogatory speech. Evidence for this is the story of Miriam, who spoke slightingly about her brother Moses because of the Ethiopian wife he had taken. God himself felt bound to defend Moses' honor, and as a punishment turned Miriam leprous. Moses prayed to God to heal her, and God mitigated the punishment for ten to te seven days, but didn't annul it entirely. Clearly this was no minor matter, because Moses singles it out among the teachings that he gives the next generation. He says, remember what the Lord your God did to Miriam along the way after you came out of Egypt. Oddly enough, Moses himself, according to the sages, had been briefly guilty of the same offense. At the burning bush, when God challenged him to lead the people, Moses replied, they will not believe in me. God then gave Moses three signs, water that turned to blood, a staff that became a snake, and his hand briefly turning leprous. We find reference later in the narrative to water turning to blood and a staff turning into a serpent, but not to a hand that turns leprous. So the sages, ever alert to the nuances of the biblical text, said that the hand that had turned leprous wasn't a sign, but a punishment. Moses was being reprimanded for casting doubts against the innocent, innocent being choshed, by saying that the Israelites wouldn't believe in him. Said God, they are believers, children of believers. But in the end, said God to Moses, you yourself will not believe. How dangerous Lashon Hara is can be illustrated by the story of Joseph and his brothers. The Torah says that he brought an evil report to his father about some of his brothers. Now, this wasn't the only provocation that led his brothers to plot to kill him and eventually sell him as a slave. There were other factors, but this derogatory gossip did not endear him to his siblings. No less disastrous was the evil report 
Debar, the Torah uses the same word as it does in the case of Joseph, brought back by the spies about the land of Canaan and its inhabitants. Even after Moses' prayers to God for forgiveness, the report delayed entry into the land by almost 40 years and condemned a whole generation to die in the wilderness. Why is the Torah so severe about Lashon Hara, branding it as one of the worst sins? Partly this has deep roots in the Jewish understanding of God and the human condition. Judaism is less a religion of holy people and holy places than it is a religion of holy words. God created the universe by words. God reveals himself by words. Our very humanity has to do with our ability to use language. The sages translated the line where it says God created man and man became a living being as man became a ruach mamalala, a speaking being. Language is life as far as Judaism is concerned. Words can be creative, but they can also be destructive. If good words are holy, then evil words are a desecration. Take one small sign of how seriously Judaism takes this, namely the prayer we say at the end of every single Amida, at least three times a day, God, guard my tongue from evil and my lips from deceitful speech. To those who curse me, let my soul be silent. May my soul be to all like the dust. Having prayed to God at the beginning, Hashem open my lips so that my mouth may declare your praise. We pray to him at the end to help us close our lips so that we don't speak badly about others nor react when others speak badly about us. Despite everything, however, despite the Torah's prohibition of gossip, despite the stories of Joseph, Moses, Miriam and the spies, despite unparalleled strictures against Lashon Hara by the sages, it remained a problem throughout Jewish history and still does today. Every leader is subject to it. The sages say that when Moses left his tent early, people would say, you see, he's had a row with his wife. If he left late, they would say, you see, he's plotting against us. Anyone from CEO to parent to friend who seeks to be a leader has to confront the issue of Lashon Hara. Firstly, you may have to put up with it as the price of any kind of achievement. Some people are envious. They gossip. They build themselves up by putting other people down. If you are in any kind of leadership position, you may have to live with the fact that behind your back or even before your face, people will be critical, malicious, disdainful, vilifying, and sometimes downright dishonest. And this can be hard to bear. Having known many leaders in many fields, I can testify to the fact that not all people in the public eye have a thick skin. Many of them are very sensitive and find constant unjust criticism deeply draining. If you should ever suffer this, the best advice is given by Maimonides, who wrote, if a person is scrupulous in his conduct, gentle in his conversation, pleasant towards his fellow creatures, affable in manner when receiving them, not responding even when affronted, but showing courtesy to all, even to those who treat him with disdain. Such a person has sanctified God, and about him, Scripture says, you are my servant Israel, in whom I will be glorified. Just bearing and staying silent in the face of Loshan Hara is, according to the Rambam, a Kiddush Hashem. That's in relation to Lashon Hara spoken against yourself. But as for the group as a whole, you should practice zero tolerance towards Lashon Hara. Allowing people to speak badly about one another will eventually destroy the integrity of the group. 
Evil speech generates negative energies within the group. It sows the seeds of mistrust and envy. Directed outside the group, it can lead to arrogance, self-righteousness, racism and prejudice, all of which are fatal to the moral credibility of any team. Whether or not you are the leader of such a group, you must politely make it clear that you will have nothing to do with this kind of speech and that it has no place in your conversations. Cyberbullying is the latest manifestation of Lush and Hara. In general, the Internet is the most effective distributor of hate speech ever invented. Not only does it make targeted communication so easy, but it also bypasses the face-to-face encounter that can sometimes induce shame or sensitivity or self-control. Greek myth told the story of Gaiji's ring that had the magical property of making whoever wore it invisible so that he or she could get away with anything. Social media that enable people to post anonymous comments or adopt false identities are as near as anyone has yet come to inventing a Gaiji's ring. That's what's so dangerous about it. The story of Hannah Smith and the other teenage suicides is a tragic reminder of how right the sages were to reject the idea that words can never harm me and to insist on the contrary that evil speech kills. Free speech is not speech that costs nothing. It's speech that respects the freedom and dignity of others. Forget this and free speech becomes very expensive indeed. All of which helps us understand the biblical idea of tzara'at, of leprosy. The peculiar property of tzara'at was, whether it was a skin disease, a discoloration of garments, or mold on the walls of a house, that it was immediately and conspicuously visible. People engage in Lash and Hara because, like wearers of Gaiji's ring, they think they can get away with it. It wasn't me. I never said it. I didn't mean it. I was misunderstood. The Torah is here telling us that malicious speech uttered in private is to be stigmatized in public, and those who engage in it are to be openly shamed. To put it at its simplest, as we behave to others, so God behaves to us. Do not expect God to be kind to those who are unkind to their fellow humans.